Welcome to Lead Gen Nation with your hosts, Sean McCormick and Ryan Drummond. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining the Lead Gen Nation podcast. Sean McCormick, Ryan Drummond here. Today on the show, we have Michael Richmond from Dig Dev Direct. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. We're uh, we're super excited to have you. Uh, just a quick background. Ryan and I are co-hosts of the show. We started this podcast really to educate people on lead generation, digital media, and really help people grow their businesses through the many different facets of digital. Focusing on lead gen, but you know, there's tons of different areas that we really believe that people can grow their business outside of Google and Facebook. So with that said, I will let Ryan start asking some questions. And Mike, I look forward to, to hearing from you over the course of the uh, podcast. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, thanks for coming on. And uh, it's, it's uh, cool to find out that we have some common friends. You know, so one thing Sean kind of left out there is that I'm somewhat new to the industry. And so when we were thinking about starting a podcast, you know, I need to talk to industry professionals anyway. So let's get it done on, you know, on record. And that way we can teach some of the newcomers that coming into the industry and hopefully provide some insight to people that have been in for a while or looking for new services. But you've been at Dig Dev for nine years. Um, how did you how did you get into Dig Dev? And, and tell us a little bit about your role over there. So uh, I am the president and CEO and one of the, the co-founders of, of Dig Dev Direct. Um, we are coming up on our 10-year anniversary in just a couple months. So, um, you know, to, to kind of proceed Dig Dev, I've been in this industry, the uh, digital advertising industry, since 2003. And uh, you know, I started off sort of at the bottom as a sales rep and worked my way up to the point where I was running the U.S. office for a European-based marketing company. Um, and right around uh, middle to end of 2008, I was out of my non-compete and, you know, I had established some pretty solid relationships in this industry over the years and decided to kind of bring the band back together with some folks that I had connected with. And we launched uh, this company, I believe, the day after Thanksgiving. So um, really landed in the dance, you know, like a lot of young guys coming out of college, just trying to you know, get in where you fit in. And um Instantly fell in love with the opportunities that this industry provided you with. And by that, I mean, you know, kind of connecting with some very high level folks, you know, some decision makers at some big brands that really otherwise I would never have that opportunity to speak with. And, you know, as the industry evolved, we tried to evolve. And we think we've done a pretty good job of that at our company today. When I look at uh, your, your guys' site, it's, it's digdevdirect.com. For anybody looking at it, it looks like you guys offer a lot of uh, services. Um, you know, what right now is is uh, an area that you're you're most excited about to offer customers? Yeah, so we it can be over a little overwhelming when you look at our suite of services, but you know, we, we try to when we get involved with a client, we try to make sure that you know there's nothing that they have a need for that we can't have a solution for. Um, you know, it's kind of where our current focus is. I, I'd really say it is on the ability. Um, to offer a true multi-channel, multi-screen uh, approach to, you know, um, you know, driving leads, driving revenue. Um, and by that, I mean, um, you know, really tying an email to programmatic advertising. Um, you know, we have a competitive advantage, whereas we have a tremendous amount of data, hundreds of millions of records where we have email and device or advertiser ID. So it gives us the ability to market to John Doe and reach him in his inbox or as he is searching, you know, every major ad network, um, inclusive of, of Facebook. Um, so I think that is 
what's been really exciting for us because again, when you're when you're reaching these people, um, really wherever they are on multiple screens, you're you're really helping your clients accomplish their goals. Mike, I have a, a quick question for you. You know, how, programmatic is a word that's really thrown around there quite a bit in our industry. How do you guys at Dig Dev Direct view programmatic and, and define it? So, yeah, you're right. It, you hear that word all the time and, and it can be misleading to some folks. So, you know, to break it down, you know, essentially you have a, a lot of websites out there, right? Like an ESPN. And, you know, we deal with a DSP that really gives us access into all of the, the web traffic that's out there. You know, it'd be near impossible to go strike up relationships with every website. So you get involved with sort of almost like a broker, um, like an app nexus of the world that basically can get your ads placed on all these different sites. Um, so with us, you know, we have the ability because we have, you know, thousands of attributes on all of the data in our database, we can sort of handpick the data that we want to serve an ad to, you know, you onboard it to one of these DSPs um, and coupled with the intelligence that we have on the data and the artificial intelligence that a lot of these DSPs, DSPs bring to the table, you're really able to hit the right person at the optimal time with the, you know, the best possible creative. So would you say that one of the, the big values you guys add with anyone who's looking to work with a, uh, a, a, a DSP or, or a programmatic is the, the data attributes that you can really help them with targeting? Honestly, it's twofold. Um, you know, the first is you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's the, the amount of intelligence that we have on our data. Um, the second is the fact that we have those device IDs and those uh, advertiser IDs and those cookies already on our file. Because what a lot of people don't know is that if you are going to work with a DSP for programmatic advertising, a lot of times, um, most times, actually, unless you have those attributes that I just mentioned, you are um, subjected to utilizing the, the intelligence that they have. You know, sort of like logging in and picking your ideal target audience from a UI that they provide. Um, with us, you get the best of both worlds. You get to handpick the data from the stuff we already know on these consumers um, that we've had in our file for a decade. Um, and then you get to couple that with the, um, the attributes that the DSP brings to the table and the you know, machine learning on the back end. Um, so it's really a one-two punch you get by working with us versus just kind of, you know, relying on what a DSP allows you to do. Cool. I have one more question and I'm going to, I'm going to hand it back over to Ryan, but you know, you, you mentioned, you brought something up that was interesting uh, saying you have cookie data on users and um, device IDs. Is there, is there a way to connect someone's cookie to their, their DID, their device ID? Yeah, it's uh it's easier said than done. However, you know, we are bringing in hundreds of millions of records on a weekly basis. Um, and those records usually have one or more data points on them. You know, it could be their device ID. And in which case, if you want to know who that person is, you have to have a starting file of, you know, first name, last name, postal and device ID, which we do. And we've been building for years. Um, in some cases, um, depending upon the site that they are on, you might be getting, um, you know, uh, MD5 hashed email, which is just, you know, a really popular form of encryption um, along with that device ID. So in those cases, you can kind of join that encrypted email up to the encrypted email you have on your file, um, figure out who that is and sort of just append the device ID or the cookie back to that record. So th there's a whole, you know, series of processes that goes in on the back end. But at the end of the day, we're one of the few folks out there that can figure out who that cookie belongs to or who that, you know, device or advertising ID belongs to. Very cool. 
Ryan, did you want to jump in and ask some follow-up questions or, or continue down another path? Yeah, no. Well, just real quick, one question I had was like, how are you guys, or how have you guys come to acquire all your your uh, data from from which sources are some of your favorites to acquire data from? Man, I can't I can't give you all of our secrets, you know, especially <laughs> since we're being recorded. But you know, when Sean and I kind of first got involved in this industry, there was opportunities to make you know relationships with you know some direct end websites, and that, that could be something like you know uh, the Tribune properties or or Equifax product registry. Um, you know, over the years, as the relationship and the industries have evolved, you know, you, you sort of um, hold on to these, you know, publisher type relationships where you're getting access to feeds of data that come from literally 10,000 plus different sites across the Internet. You know, what a lot of people don't recognize is that in order to be compliant, at least from the email side of things, it doesn't necessarily matter where the data comes from, although everything that we do um, is opt in and permission based and has date and time stamp. Um, but in order to be can spam compliant, you need to really adhere to three things. And that's, you know, you can't do any fictitious headers or spoofing. You can't use any open relays. Um, and you have to give the consumer a, a way to opt out, whether it be the link or the physical mailing address. So really, our approach has been to really gather data by any means necessary, um, which is step one, and then go through some rigorous hygiene steps and, you know, uh, data enhancement and, and adding uh, various attributes to really take that record, which started off as John at AOL.com to, you know, a thousand different things we know about John. So when we're working with Procter and Gamble or Nissan or the, you know, the RNC, you know, we can provide some valuable feedback to our clients. Gotcha. I, you, you mentioned you guys have some uh, fairly large clients for anybody listening to this. I mean, what is the client onboarding experience typically like? I mean, what do they have to do in preparation to start working with dig dev go in a little bit about that? You know, it's every client's different. You know, if you were to look at our roster of clients and we work with hundreds of different clients, you know, 80% of them are, you know, major ad agencies, um, you know, tier one, tier two ad agencies or resellers of our services. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is what we do isn't easy. You know, so there's a lot of folks out there that, um, you know, you, you have a, a wonderful looking website and, you know, they will say that they do certain services. But, you know, we are sort of the back end for a lot of the folks in this industry. So um, I just mentioned that because, you know, when dealing with a new client, um, oftentimes, you know, we really have that relationship with that one ad agency. Um, who is then bringing on board, you know, Nissan or Wells Fargo or AT&T, et cetera. Um, as far as getting in the door with us, I mean, it's, it's, it's like any other industry. You know, you're striking up that relationship. You're making sure that you guys are, are both a good fit for one another. Um, I've been introduced to plenty of clients where I said, listen, I just don't think you have a need for our services as much as I would like to take the revenue. Um, I'm not built that way. And I just, you know, I think you need to kind of go in a different direction. Um, so, you know, as long as there is a mutual interest and it can be a mutually beneficial relationship, you know, we make it really easy to get started. You know, you sign some paperwork and we make sure you can pay the bills. Now, when, when you are giving any examples or past case studies, I mean, what are some of the case studies that come to mind that uh, some of the success stories that you guys have had in the past? I mean, I can give you one right now that we've been running. It's an ongoing campaign for a, a local Acura association. Um, so for anybody that doesn't understand automotive marketing, these associations are typically small groups of dealers that bundle together their funds. And, and so we've been running this campaign for going on seven months now, and it's been extremely successful because we've been running that multi-screen campaign I mentioned where 
you know, we're emailing people that meet their, uh, their geographic and their demographic target audience. We are serving these people. Uh, actually, we're utilizing programmatic marketing to serve them 15 and 30 second video uh, campaigns. It's the same stuff you'd see on television, but we have the ability to bring that online. And then because we own the data, we are taking those records and we're onboarding them to Facebook. And we are simultaneously running a campaign to the same folks within their newsfeed or their Facebook messenger. So um, that's one that always comes to mind because we are we're getting them north of a 5% click-through rate on video and not to nerd out at all, but that's something that's really unheard of in this industry. And I attribute mm. that to the attributes that we have on the data and our partnership with the DSP that you know um, allows us to kind of beta some cool targeting tools and the AI they bring to the table. To actually create the content and do the creative on the videos? So it's interesting. We have a fully staffed creative division. Um, you know, our area of expertise within that division is really, you know, creating mobile responsive websites, landing pages. Um, we even have some small clients where we, we come on and we help them, you know, create their logo, take them really from logo to business cards to, to full to website development. Um, we have done some videos in the past. Typically, as I mentioned, our main clients are those ad agencies. So that's kind of their skin in the game. You know, we're also not the group that's going to come up with, and, and I'm not sure where you're located, but, you know, if you think of K Jewelers, that funny jingle, every kiss begins with K, you know, we're not the group that comes up with that message. You know, we'll make it look pretty, but a lot of times these agencies, that's what they're, that's their skin in the game. They're coming up with the message. They're coming up with the, the ad, the look and feel of it. Um, we'll optimize it and we'll get it out the door. Sean, I'm going to have to ask you to take over for a second here because I, I just had somebody come into the office. Uh, sure. Thanks, Ryan. You know, Mike, I think, you know, you guys have done a lot of different things in the industry from creating products. You guys have always been at the forefront of emerging media and, and what you want to do. Your, your business has acquired companies. Um, what's the, the overall goal for, for Dig Dev Direct? Man, it's, uh, yeah, we, you know, our recent acquisition of a couple of companies up in Rhode Island really was, you know, the culmination of kind of years of courting them and, and realizing they brought some some pretty uh, significant strengths to some of the things we we're trying to do from modeling and analytics. Um, I think long term, you know, it's really just to continue to grow. Uh, you know, I don't the way the industry stands today. I'm not sure if there's any other services that you know we don't offer that we need to get involved in. Um, so it, it's really going to be to continue to build the sales staff and to, you know, continue to grow our market share of the opportunities out there. You know, there's there's thousands of advertising agencies out there. And although we work with some of the bigger ones, there's some, you know, every day that I hear of that I, I hadn't heard of the day before. So um, it's really to kind of continue our, our path along organic growth, I think. Mike, um, how big is your sales team right now? So uh, we have offices in Florida and Rhode Island. And I you know, don't, don't take this to the bank, but I think we're right around 25 sales reps okay. so in a company of about 60. So um, the difference really, and that's another area where we um, kind of blow the competition away is our IT department. You know, uh, the, the amount of, you know, database administrators and, and C-level IT folks and fulfillment managers. And, you know, I, it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio um, because at the end of the day, you, you can sell all the deals you want, but if you don't have the team behind you, you know, making the magic happen, you know, all your clients are going to be one and done. And we've been lucky enough that I've had the same IT folks um, working with us um, 
you know, really since I've been in this industry and especially for the last 10 years. Now, anybody who's kind of growing a, an agency and hopefully all of us uh, listening to this are in growth mode. Uh, what, what, what do you, what's your approach to recruiting talented reps? I mean, how do you, how do you find salespeople? What, take us through your, you know, your interview recruiting process. So you really have two options in this industry and, you know, sort of being fully transparent on this, that has always been my biggest challenge. Um, you know, option one is you find the, the, the folks such as myself 13 years ago, 15 years ago, actually, that are kind of young, dumb and hungry, um, and educated and you teach them the ropes. You know, because there's, it's, it's not, it's not a, a magic formula. It's you have to pick up the phone and you have to smile and dial and you have to start opening up these, these opportunities and cultivating these relationships. So on the one hand, you can find those guys that are willing to put in the work and, you know, work and earn their way up that ladder. But the other hand is you go and you try and find, you know, those folks with an established book of business and you can find those folks, but you know, they're, they're few and far between because then you're looking at sort of relocation and, you know, when you bring on a, an individual with a book of business already, you always run the risk of that particular client not wanting to jump ship because at the end of the day, as much as somebody may like Mike Richmond, um, they more so like the results that DigiDev is bringing to the table. You know, so if, if somebody were to ever recruit me, and not that that could happen because I'm an owner, you know, there's no guarantee that my clients would follow me. So, you know, if you go with the, the former approach, you got to really make sure you guys are buttoned up from a... Um, you know, a sales manager standpoint, collateral material, and have a really uh, rigid and, and proven sales training strategy in place to bring these guys up to speed quickly. Yeah. I mean, for, on, on the latter side, when you're going with the younger talent, how, how quick until you have them typically on the phones with uh, prospect clients? Um, our approach has really been, you know, starting week three, you know, for the first week or two, it's a lot of you know, research, um, signing up for industry publications, kind of seeing the lay of the land out there, um, and then really sort of shadowing their fellow and more experienced coworkers. You know, um, I've never heard two pitches that are the same, and whether it's me hearing somebody else's or what comes out of my mouth, because when you're involved in a conversation and you're talking to somebody, it's always going to go differently. You know, as long as you know your products like the back of your hand, you know, you're, you're doing 80% of the listening 20% is talking and you're figuring out exactly how to meet those clients needs. So, you know, I, I typically have my guys pick up on all the buzzwords and, and figure out everybody else's approach and then ultimately kind of throw their own seasoning and uh, come up with their own pitch. And then, and then it's trial by fire, you know, get in there and start making these calls and you're going to sound a little silly. You're going to get those marbles out of your mouth, but you know, every day should be better than the previous day. And within 90 days, we will typically know if somebody's going to make it in this industry. Yeah. Right. They're either they're they're ready to go or they're they're doing well. What now? What have you guys done um, in regards? And I don't know if Sean just asked this question, but in regards to uh, bringing in inbound leads for potential uh, large clients, what what uh, what has what have you done that has worked out well? You know, so I always try to put myself in the buyer's shoes, right? And if I'm a media buyer for, um, you know, Citibank, or if I'm a, a media buyer for going online and I'm not Googling what company does the best email marketing, you know, what right. company, you know, offers the best SEO services. It's usually a referral of a, from a friend. So, you know, I always make sure and we have about a 99 rate with all of our clients. So I really, I try to emphasize our account reps asking our happy clients for referrals. You know, do you know of anybody else who might be interested in our services? Um, you know, there's little sort of mom and pop lead gen sites out there um, where people 
will go on and fill out information to be requested, almost like a service magic, but for like the, um, the, the digital marketing industry. Um, but you might find some diamonds in a rough, but at the end of the day, those are going to be the much smaller clients that, you know, may or may not be a fit for what we're doing. So really it's, it's that outbound marketing. You know, if you're surfing the web and you see who's advertising a banner, well, you know, they're, they're spending money in digital advertising. You know, if you're getting email in your inbox, those people are spending dollars, you know, drive down the road and see who's spending money on a billboard, you know, convince them to do some geo targeted email marketing, um, cut out those, uh, you know, those people that are advertising the magazines and you know that they're advertising in that magazine because the target audience for that magazine is X, Y, and Z. Well, if we can hit those same people digitally, it's a no brainer. So, you know, we do much more outbound on lead gen. Gotcha. Now, you know, earlier in the interview, you were, you mentioned uh, artificial intelligence, I believe when you were talking about data, where right now in your business, are you leveraging AI and, and how are you doing that? And what, you know, where do you see that expanding in the future? Well, who knows where the future is going to hold? You know, uh, it, it's definitely moving down the path of AI. We utilize artificial intelligence with a separate project that I'm involved in um, that utilizes blockchain technology. So at the end of the day, you know, we recognize, although we have a pretty high penetration rate into the available data market, you know, we don't have all the data. You know, so we're working on some projects where we can bring in outside data and the AI is going to really help build that ideal record. You know, because somebody can come to you and they say, listen, we're looking for this gender with these buying patterns, you know, that has, uh, you know, has this amount of income. And a lot of those are static attributes, which we have. However, AI can start, you know, combining the things that we know about people with, you know, outside data partners and really build that ideal record. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, if you're not targeting the exact person, especially um, if you're talking direct mail, um, you could be losing a tremendous amount of money. So we do everything in our power and that has included starting to incorporate some AI into, um, you know, some of our, um, our data polls to make sure we are, you know, really, um, using some sort of, you know, laser focus to, to reach the right people. Have you looked into any kind of AI driven SMS, um, kind of response on the, on the push campaigns? So it's interesting. We, we do a lot of SMS stuff, to answer your question, no, we have not. We, we do a lot of SMS stuff. It's typically only for the political and the, the nonprofit world. Um, you know, we're, we're deeply entrenched in political marketing. Um, however, you know, with, with anything in, in politics, they sort of wrote the rules. So the, the repercussion for any sort of complaints is, is few and far between when you're talking with those political parties, PACs or uh, any sort of nonprofit, you know, when you're talking your CPG clients and, you know, really anybody that falls outside of those, those political and NPO opportunities, um, you know, the, the likelihood of potentially upsetting somebody and having to deal with the legal ramifications as buttoned up as you may be sometimes just isn't worth the risk. So, yeah. um, SMS is, is a much smaller part of what we do today than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, okay. I see. Sean, what do you got? <laughs> you know, I, I guess, Mike, you've provided a lot of great information and insights into, into Dig Dev Direct and how it works. I guess if I was starting a company and, and I had a, a, a small budget to, to promote my, uh, my widgets, you know, what, what avenues would you recommend that I, I put that money into uh, as, a, you know, dipping my toe in the water, but also... Uh, looking to learn and, and grow my business. 
So I guess it depends what you're talking about small. However, um, I always recommend with any new client, and again, this isn't always the case when you're working with a client that, that has been brought to you by an ad agency, because what you guys have to understand, and you may be aware, Ryan, you may not, is, um, you know, with an ad agency, they're often very specialized. So when I'm doing a lot with Nissan and, you know, they spend millions of dollars a year with us, it is strictly with email marketing. Um, you want to start talking SEO or anything else, you got to go to a different ad agency that you may not have a relationship with. So um, assuming, Sean, your scenario is somebody where, you know, they're a decision maker for any sort of service. You know, I would recommend, uh, you know, it's taking a budget and put email a little bit of the programmatic advertising and then some SEO and PPC. And I know we didn't really touch on it, but, you know, I explain it to my sales reps like this. Um, you know, I, I had recently purchased a car for my wife. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily in the market for a car, but I actually happened to receive an ad and it was, you know, great timing, great price. And I moved forward. Um, so anything that is sort of direct market driven, you know, putting yourself in front of the consumer is extremely important because you never know when somebody's in that buying pattern or if you present them with the right opportunity. That's only one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is if I had been in the market for a car and I was doing some research, you better make darn sure that your company shows up in Google. Um, so, you know, I always recommend doing some sort of SEO and PPC to make sure that when the consumer is in the market, that your brand is one of the options that they can choose from. So it would really be a three-headed approach that includes, you know, that SEO, PPC that I kind of roll into one, um, the outbound email marketing, and then the outbound programmatic, whether it be static or display. That's a that's a good point, Mike, and I appreciate your thoughts there. And I, I think it's very helpful for anyone looking to, to start spending money in marketing. You know, you, you kind of brought something up that uh, I'm kind of curious about in regards to SEO. Um, you know, I, I know Google changes their algorithm quite a bit. And that could negatively affect uh, like a, a website's rankings. Uh, what are you guys doing today on the SEO front from, you know, content generation? And what, you know, if you're going to give someone some tips to, to start improving their, their SEO score, what would you recommend they do? I mean, our SEO packages cover a lot of different things. It, it covers things from... You know, I mean, if actually, if you go to our website, there's a, a link where you can do a free audit tool, mm -hmm. um, a free audit of your website to tell you things, you know, like how fast is your page load in comparison to the competition? You know, um, are the pages within your website named correctly? Um, do the pages, do your URLs represent your company name? There's little tricks that Google um, uses to really almost put like a reputation score, because when somebody goes into... Google and types of search, they're going to show, you know, the first three spots are paid advertising, you know, but spots four through the bottom, Google is going to show who they feel is most suited towards your search. So you have to make sure that your site um, has all its I's dotted and all its T's crossed from, you know, proper meta tags and naming the right images to backlinks. You know, the more links that you have on your site um, and the more links that link into your site, the, the more um, Google says, all right, you know, this is a reputable company. And so if somebody searches for washer and dryers and your Sears, they're going to show you towards the top. So there's not any one thing. Um, you know, there's a whole series of things that we go through on our checklist um, to make sure that, you know, we hit our clients' goals. And, and one of the, the other things that we bring to the table is, you know, we're always going to under-promise and over-deliver. You know, we'll look at your site. We'll look at, you know, uh, the industry that you're in and say, listen, um, you know, for these keywords that you want to be on page one, it's going to take us, you know, seven to 12 months. 
you know, because it's a very saturated industry and you're competing with giants. You know, for these keywords, we can get you there in four to six months. Um, you know, so it's important to, to really work with somebody who's going to set the expectations and deliver accordingly. What made you guys just, you know, build the, the free audit tool? And, you know, why did you guys say, hey, you know what? This is something the public really needs. We're just going to give it away and, and they could do what they wish with the results. Honestly, um, really for lead generation, um, because in order to get your report, you're going to have to tell us who you are. Uh huh. Yeah. That's where the follow up call comes in, I'm sure. Exactly. And, it, and it's been great, you know, and I've seen all sorts of friends and family that I know that aren't going to spend a dollar with us, you know, <laughs> utilize this tool um, and they've been blown away by the results. And then we've seen some you know, bigger clients based upon press releases, find us, go through, and it's turned into long-term relationships. So, um, it, but it's no different than offering access to a free white paper. You got to tell us who you are so then we could have that follow-up conversation with you. I like that. You know what else I like is I think you guys have the coolest meet the team page I've ever seen on any website. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Check out uh, digdevdirect.com and, and click on meet the team and you can sort through the different departments and, and the artwork on it is very cool. Mike, do you guys have any uh, upcoming announcements that you can share publicly or new product releases or, or anything that might give a little, a little jump on uh, when you might release it? Oh man. You know, we've been doing some really cool stuff in the political world. I don't know if we planned on having sort of a, a major release, but um, I guess this is as good a time as any, you know, um, in the political world, a lot of people are, are really restricted to marketing based upon the voter files, mm. which is public information. You just need to know how to get it, and you have to have the pockets to pay for it. Um, you know, For example, you could go to the state of Florida. It might cost you $5 to get the voter file. Um, the state of Alabama costs you, I think, $20,000 every time you want it and to maintain it. Um, so we maintain 49 of the 50 voter files. You know, what we've been doing, and it has landed us a lot of business, but it's, again, it's sort of been under the table, is we've done a lot of modeling on our side to identify um, registered voters in states where you're not required to declare any sort of party affiliation. Um, and we're able to say with an 80 degree certainty, um, you know, or 80% certainty that, hey, you are likely leaning left or right based upon our, you know, um, proprietary modeling and scoring algorithms. Um, on the same token, we really have scored all of the voters and said, all right, despite the fact that when you're 18, you registered as X, you know, over time, your ideology has changed and you're more likely to vote Y. So, you know, finding those registered but unaffiliated voters and those swing voters um, is something that we're pretty excited about, um, obviously, with the you know November midterms and then, you know, looking forward to the 2020 election. You know, when you guys are building those those buyer propensity models, what sort of algorithms are you using? Are you using like regression analysis or, or chi-square? I'm just kidding. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I was I'm going back to college stats class. <laughs> I was going to say, despite being an owner in the company, uh, you're, you're asking questions above my pay grade. But hey, I, I do have a question, you know, on your, your stats team, um, do you guys have like PhD statisticians or, or how are you guys, you know, finding talent to, to build those models? Oh yeah, um, we, have, we have two full-time PhDs um, and then we are lucky enough where our Rhode Island office is located really close to a major university. So um, it's an opportunity to sort of bring in, um, you know, interns. And then as they continue to grow their education, you know, um, they get you know familiar with the various softwares that we use. And, you know, ultimately they become full full time team members. So 
Uh, yeah, really our Rhode Island office has a handful of sales reps, but you know, their core focus is really um, client support, data modeling, um, and uh, building really cool tech products. Awesome. Well, I think this is, is we're nearing the end of our, our interview here. Before we, before we let Mike go, Ryan, did you have any additional questions for him? No, Mike. I mean, I, I just really appreciate the time. And um, I, I think that if anybody's listening to this, they should absolutely uh, check out digdevdirect.com and uh, go through the site because it looks like you got a treasure trove of uh, services that um, we could all leverage. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully this wasn't too rough. This was uh, honestly my first podcast. So uh, hopefully I answered everything. And, you know, we're, we're always looking to bring on new clients and help them reach their customer acquisition and retention goals. So if anybody does find us, you know, you could ask for me and put you in touch with the right team. That's and, it. Uh, That's a good point, Mike. How do people get in touch with you? Do you have like a, a Twitter handle or uh, how, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you, know, you can send an email to Mike at digdev.com. And again, we have really senior members in each of our divisions. So, you know, depending upon, you know, the scope of the opportunity, you know, we probably funnel you in the right direction. Um, or just go online and fill out a form. You know, either way, we'll we'll get back to you. Mike, this has been awesome. Thank you so, so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thank you guys very much. And uh, best of luck with the show. Thanks. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.